I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Might be Dave Grohl's best band. I know it's controversial, but I just I just love them. Queens of the Stone Age, bringing you back here for hour number two on your Monday. Hope you're having a great start to the week. I'm feeling so good. I had this terrible hip thing that was going on, and uh, I won't bore you with all the details, but uh, basically like a pinched, pinched disc your hips have discs in them, too, just like your spine. And uh, I'm getting it straightened out. And uh, I've been walking and doing yoga and uh, feeling much better. So thanks for asking. Also, le- thanks for letting me always tell you about all the all the stuff here uh, on the radio. Missed anything in hour number one here on Nuanas Now. It was the Montana Basketball Hour. Uh, all sorts of rapid reaction and analysis and uh, plenty of sound bites from Montana State after their basketball season and subsequently, the basketball season in the state of Montana uh, comes to an end. Give you our top 10 stories from around basketball this last year in Montana, which then uh, culminated in MSU's trip to the NCAA tournament. A 77-65 loss. We'll continue that uh, conversation, plus get an update on all things uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, from Andrew Houghton here in hour number two. But you missed anything in hour number one. Go check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Other piece of news from the weekend, Saturday night in the first round of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, Sacramento State uh, got drilled. They lost 67-45 to UCLA. They were a 13 seed, the Big Sky Champions were. UCLA a 4 seed. We were cautiously optimistic that they'd have a good showing and maybe even have an opportunity in the game, and uh, not so much. I thought UCLA overwhelmed them with their athleticism. Uh, turns out that... I mean, Zach State has a couple elite talents in Kalasia Dane and, and Isabel Adabo. UCLA has a roster full of Pac-12 players. That's the difference. <laughs> you know, it was a good year by Zach State, but uh, they kind of just fell flat. So we'll come back to that here in just a little while. We also have some uh, budget numbers. How many of these schools are actually Cinderella's? You're going to not be surprised by this because uh, I wasn't. Maybe you will be surprised by this. I don't know. But I got budget numbers for every single one of the Sweet 16 teams. I'll give you a hint. They're all in the top 55 spenders, and uh, the several that aren't, they're still in the top 90 spenders among all college basketball teams. So uh, this day and age, Division I college basketball, Division I athletics, you got to pay to play. So we'll talk about that here in just a little while. All of our fun traveling and competitions and bracket challenges, all of it, Brought to you in part this year by Uptop Clothing. Be sure to go use the ESPN promo at checkout. If you're shopping at teamuptop.com for all your uh, various uh, merchandise and, and various gear, they got all sorts of cool hats and T-shirts and all Montana-oriented, all Montana-made. So visit teamuptop.com, and when you check out, use the checkout code ESPN5. You'll get $5 off all your purchases at teamuptop.com. Uptop Clothing reminding you to take a step back 
and enjoy uh, the moment. I have a couple of things to finish up our conversation about Montana State, but before we go there, I want to ask you actually how it went down. So I was uh, in and out running around today, so I actually haven't seen Andrew, even though we we uh, reside together. I still haven't seen him really since uh, he got back. So um, first of all, your first trip to the NCAA tournament. So that's always fun. I know you've been to the women's one before, but what would you think of the men's tournament just overall? Yeah, it's just like nothing else, Coulter. I mean, once you're in it, it's you're, super cool, you're right? just riding the wave, you know, because yeah. you're, you're sitting courtside the whole time. But the way it's set up is so uh, nice and structured and precise, the, the way for the NCAA sure. does the flow of, you know, game into press conference and the teams warming up for the next game. It's almost uh, like they have an adequate amount of people to run the show, huh? Well, people <laughs> and money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, having, you know, 100-meter relations guys makes things go a little smoother. Anyways, it is it is a well-oiled machine, though. It's very impressive to be a part of. But so anyway, once you, once you sort of get on the ride of being at it for yeah. a day, there's no reason to step off because everything is there for you. So you're just right. sitting and watching basketball. That's the best perk, and I'm so glad you got to go because you don't just get to go the teams get – you're the team you're there to cover, you get to go to the whole session if you're so inclined, and then they also feed you between sessions as well. So you're just hanging out, and you don't have to ever leave the arena. You can just go get your food, get your snacks, and uh, come back basically sitting courtside for four straight NCAA tournament games. Well, and it's so cool to look at the stands, too, because you just yeah. have all the different colors of all the different teams. You got the purple yeah. for K-State. Obviously, Kentucky was there, so Big Blue Nation was showing out. They were by far the, the most, yeah, uh, the biggest fan base there, but it's just like... Man, you look at it and you're thinking, you know, you're watching all this happening and it's just like, man, is this the closest thing that we have in America these days to just like a, a religious festival that the entire country <laughs> right. participates in, right? Because even if you got all the all the colors in the stands, but even if you're not there, everybody is, is invested in it, right? And it's just, it's an incredible experience. That's why I think that the experience that myself and Riley Corcoran had in Indianapolis a couple of years ago, when it was a single site tournament and it was during the COVID time, I mean, you add in the pandemic, and it's almost certainly a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience, for better and for worse. But also, you had every single team there. And so you had, even though there was only 25, 20 to 25% capacity allowed at the arenas, you still had fans from all over there. And Indianapolis is like 90 minutes or less from like... 17 different schools, whether you're talking about Louisville, Kentucky, or Illinois, or Purdue, or whatever. And so having everybody in the same place as teams would get knocked off, it was just so fascinating to watch, just fascinating to watch um, just everybody commiserating, and it was just totally different than, I mean, I've been to some of these where you get to the four games in, and that's awesome. There is, you know, eight different fan bases there. That's, That's fun. But just seeing... All the fan bases in the same spot. That's something I'll, I'll never forget. I think my favorite story I've ever written was our five-part series that Riley and I put together coming out of that, Montanans in Madness. Still up there on SkylineSportsMT.com. Um, just give us the the ins and outs of the venue and stuff. Though. It looked cool on TV. I mean, how was how was just the, the place that all the games were being played there in Greensboro? Uh, it, it was a basketball arena. It's a, it's a sweet arena. Greensboro's got a bunch of colleges uh, in and around uh, Greensboro, so it's a, a great capacity. Um, you know, they have the little theater set up for the press conferences. There's a theater inside the arena uh, for the press conferences. That was sweet. Uh, you know, it, it was a great place to watch basketball, I guess I would say. You know, they were doing the NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships the same week in Greensboro. That's cool. Um, how about just the city? I mean, what's, what's it like? 
Yeah, for me, it's like the perfect uh, like mid-tier NCAA tournament city, right? Because it's not one of the it's it's not New York or, or you know these big cities where they're going now for the Sweet Sixteen. But there's a ton of stuff to do in Greensboro, man. There's like we drove around downtown, bunch of theaters, bunch of music venues. Nice. They had the the street blocked off for like a DJ playing music in the middle of the street in the middle of downtown with a big screen showing the games as well. Oh, nice. So you just got a bunch of people walking around talking, restaurants, bars. Uh, you know, I. it's not a city that, you know, Greensboro, oh, you know, that's not a city that everybody knows about. But I just thought for hosting the first couple rounds of games, perfect place to be. Andrew Houghton joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. He's back from Greensboro, North Carolina. What's it, what's like the cost like, like, if you're getting a beverage, like what's a beer cost there? I always find this fascinating because it used to be when we as Montanans would leave Montana, everything was way more expensive. But but we also had a little bit of money in our pocket because everything here was so cheap. That's not the case anymore at all. It's actually crazy. Like Missoula and Bozeman particularly are like as expensive as a lot of cities and more expensive than certain cities. So what was it like there? Uh, great variety of beer for uh-huh. one thing. Yeah, I know yeah. that's not what we cover, but like a ton of breweries yeah, around good. there. So, these, so there is a brewery culture. The, the restaurants that we went to had like you know sixty things on wow. the tap list or, or for cans or whatever. Six bucks, seven bucks for a nice local okay craft beer. So like you know? well, about, about on par. Right, right. Maybe a little bit more culture. The thing that that uh, shocked me when I got in there. I know North Carolina. You think of it as a basketball state. You think of it as like one of the meccas for basketball in the sure, country? Sure, That's not it, man. What these people are really into is NASCAR. Oh, yeah. So for sure. I flew into Charlotte. It's like an hour and a half from Charlotte <laughs> down to Greensboro. Yeah. I didn't realize I was driving on the Richard Petty Freeway. We were passing signs for Dale Earnhardt Boulevard. This was before I got 20 minutes out of Charlotte. And the Jeff Gordon Expressway. Wow. All within 15 minutes, 20 minutes of wow. leaving the Charlotte airport. I was like, whoa. Talladega somewhere around there, right? Yeah. Darlington, I think, in North yeah, Carolina. Sure. I, I don't know. I'm not a big NASCAR <laughs> guy, but I recognize those names, right? And I was like, oh, they don't name their highways after politicians or whatever. It's all after drivers. NASCAR is definitely one of the funniest sports because, like, I don't proclaim myself to be a huge Major League Baseball fan. This day and age, mostly it's just because of time, brain space, and season. I just don't particularly want to spend time during my Montana summer really, like, obsessing over baseball. Uh, But I do follow baseball towards the end of the year and into the playoffs and certainly in the World Series and all of that. And I know there's people out there listening to this show that probably don't watch the NBA a lick, but then they watch it in the playoffs and and into the finals or whatever. NASCAR is so funny because NASCAR is... At the same time, the most popular spectator sport in America, that's part of partly because of how many people that the venues can hold, but it's also like you either are into it or you have no clue about it. That's it. There's no just like kind of NASCAR fans. Like even me who respects all big-time sport events, I'm not going to watch the Daytona 500. There's no chance I'm going to watch the Daytona 500. <laughs> it's just amazing. But there is this huge portion of the country that's like obsessed with NASCAR. Well, it's the, the country's one true regional sport, right? Right, right, right. Uh, you know, there's... There's a, there is a portion of the country, like you said, that is entirely into it and knows all the names and knows all the tracks that we don't know. But that doesn't carry out throughout the entire country. And I really can't think of another sport in the country that is like that. Maybe maybe hockey a little bit in, in Minnesota 
in the north, and you don't get that as much in the south. But, you know, there are no NASCAR races out here. Right. Totally. It's, it's clustered in Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, etc. Totally. And doesn't really expand out of that part of the country. Yeah, interesting. Andrew Houghton here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What was the most surprising part about Greensboro, North Carolina, or just the experience in general? Man, great question. Um, the quotes just handed to you within four seconds of the press conference getting over? That was, like, stunning when I first got that one. That's okay, pretty interesting. I thought you would have a much bigger take about that because that's all computerized. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the AI that's, that's oh, transcribing it. Oh, it is. They got it. AI people now. Yeah, they hand, wow. you a, they hand you a printout, and I'm sure they could have, like, court reporters or whoever doing the typing, actual people doing it. Yeah. But at the bottom of these printouts, it says this is brought to you by so-and-so sports AI company. <laughs> so that's what's doing it. Oh, man. It. Rabbit hole, here we come. This sounds like something to talk about with Tommy and Justin Angle, so we shall. Uh, Nuan is now ESPN Radio, a continuation of our conversation from the first hour, and then we're also going to spend a fair amount of time going over uh, budgets of these Sweet 16 teams, because I think that um, at the end of the day, first of all, one of our primary duties as journalists is to show you where the money's coming from, where the money's going. I mean, that's that's part of what we do. It's public affairs reporting for higher education when you're covering college sports. Uh, speaking of college sports, Grizz softball up 6-4 on Carroll College. Carroll College certainly hanging in there, though, uh, in the home debut uh, for Montana. Um, my third big thing about the Montana State game is that, you know, the, the rose-colored glasses would say, all right, the Cats broke through, got to the NCAA tournament for the first time, in 26 years, last season, then they took a step. And instead of losing by 30-plus, they lost by 12 to a Power 5 Big 12 team. And now the Cats are set to, on paper at least, return Raekwon Battle, who's a first-team All-Big Sky performer and the star of the show there in Greensboro for MSU. Great Osobar who is the top reserve in the conference, and certainly uh, a a potential and blossoming currently star uh, in the big sky. And Darius Brown, who really held his own at point guard uh, in this game against Kansas State, going against Marquise Noel, who's one of the best point guards in the country, a third-team All-American. And uh, then a smattering of, of role players as well. But, you know, it's that time of year now, and... Between now and the beginning of next basketball season, Montana State's going to have to endure a lot. They're going to have to endure a variety of suitors for Danny Sprinkle. He's already uh, getting his name thrown out there by Jeff Goodman in terms of the New Mexico State operate, or, uh, opening. There's rumors that Fresno State's going to part ways with their coach. If that was an option, uh, could Sprinkle be headed back to California? Uh, he spent you know close to two decades in L.A., so... Uh, maybe that's a spot where he can fit in. I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to speculate all these things. I'm just telling you the stuff that's already out there on the interwebs, on the Twitter machine. And so I think that's the 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 key to it all. You know, I do think the fact that he does have multiple high level players, like I can't imagine that Danny Sprinkle goes somewhere and Raekwon Battle doesn't come with him, or Great Osabar doesn't come with him. Chris Haslam, who's been such a great recruiter there at MSU, is he, I don't know. I don't. And again. 
None of this is happening right now, but between now and the beginning of next year, there's going to be a lot of hanging on that has to be done by Montana State. They're going to have to get all these guys to come back, and I think it starts uh, with their head coach. What did you? I mean, what did you just think of the potential future for this at MSU team? I mean, you're sitting there at the press conference, and you're th- sitting there thinking, okay, Battle and, and Brown are both back. You were texting me about Osobar and how good you think he is and can be uh, in the perfect world. You know, they're a mid-major powerhouse next year and, and you know, maybe trying to make a run at a 12 seed. But as we know in college basketball, you got to hang on to a lot of different parts, a lot of pieces for that to occur. Yeah, it's just the current uh, landscape of college basketball, of course, that this is going to be a talking point every season that Danny Sprinkle does remain at Montana State. Of course, like it's been with Travis DeCure at Montana, we've certainly seen that. Uh, what's That's in- what's so interesting, right? Though is sometimes you have to. It's a great example of why you got to sometimes strike when the when the iron's hot. Because if the, you're the coach, yes, Secure was the guy that was on the top of the tweets for two and a half or three off seasons, and now he's not anywhere on the tweets, and that's part of why he's now going into year ten at Montana. That's exactly right. And Coulter, I think you know with Danny Sprinkle, the the thing to watch here for Montana State with Danny Sprinkle being so. Young, and so uh, he hasn't had a ton of years at Montana State to sort of build up the infrastructure that could potentially carry on after he's gone, right? When Randy Gray left Weber State, Eric Duft was the guy who who had been there forever. He'd been there for 16 years with Coach, right. Right, and Weber State kind of kept doing did the, doing the yeah. same thing, and they yeah. were good this year. Uh, that's not going to happen at Montana State if Danny Sprinkle leaves. You're going to have to go out, uh, look for a nationwide search, and then get that higher right again. Uh, but assuming that, and you know, we can speculate all we want, if Danny Sprinkle comes back, I think they're set up really well for next year. Well, you know, Great Osobar has been a, a great developmental story. When they first signed him, he was like six five, and then he grew to be about six eight and a half, six nine, and has gotten a lot bigger too. He also, though, has uh, his offensive skill improvement has been vastly better than Jabril Bello. Bello didn't get that much better in terms of just being able to shoot like a, a real you know, nine-foot turnaround jump hook. <laughs> but but Bello also can just bully into the basket, and he's going to dunk on you at least once a game. But Osobar has, has that, too. So, uh, I mean, Battle it has – I mean, Battle's already so good that I don't know how much better he can get. If he gets even a little bit better, he's going to be an excellent player. Brown, same thing. But it's super but it's valuable Osobar. having those two guys who the development can revolve around, right? No, that's right. That's right. But I just think that Osobar with Bello leaving has an opportunity to be – the next one. I mean, you said you thought maybe he actually has the highest pro ceiling in the league. Why do you think that? My thing with Great Osobor, watching him especially against Kansas State because that's the best team that they've played this year and watching him do this kind of stuff at such a high level against Kansas State was so eye-opening. I think, you know, the narrative is that he is Jabril Bellow's backup. He's the next Jabril Bellow, right? He's he's a five. He's going to take over for Bellow next year. I don't think that's right, Colter. I don't think he's a five. I think he's like a, a three, four mm. tweener guy who can guard threes, fours, and fives on defense. And, and he was flying all around the court against Kansas State, getting his hands on a bunch of balls, making huge defensive plays. I just think he's a guy who's gonna who's gonna guard threes, fours, and fives, and then have a mismatch against any of those guys. I really think he's a he's a three or maybe a four uh, because he can guard so well. He can guard on the perimeter. He's got quick feet. And then his offensive game is so much more diverse. You know, he can shoot the mid-range jump shot. His footwork is a lot quicker than Jabril Bellows, so if he gets a bigger guy on him, he can catch the ball and hit that spin right away to the basket, which he did against Kansas State once or twice. I just think that he has the potential to be a lot more versatile 
Uh, and we'll see. I mean, Danny Sprinkle talked about wanting him to add weight. I think he's good where he's at because he's retaining the quickness. And I just think that, you know, it, at the next level, you can do so much more with him. Now, he's going to have to expand his range a little bit. But I just think he has the potential to be a really devastating, like, multi-position defender these next couple of years at Montana State. Like, a guy who can really influence the game on that end. Well, now, ESPN Radio, Andrew Houghton. Chiming in, our tournament takeover. This is the last day of our tournament takeover. We'll keep on talking all about our great sponsors that help uh, bring you all of our fun content, all of our great travels throughout the month of March, including Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner, food and drink specials pretty much every single day. They're open 7 a.m. to midnight. Go check them out there on the uh, south side of town. You need some uh, a place to watch the Sweet 16. Go check out Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street. Missoula's uh, coolest hotspot. We'll keep talking about Andrew's experience at the regional, including some of the teams he's seen, including some of the teams that are still alive. But I want to dive into just how much these teams are spending. Are there actually any Cinderella's in what's being peddled and pinned as one of the craziest NCAA tournaments ever? This is what they want you to think. It's still really fun. I'm not demeaning any of it. But... There's very few non-Blue Bloods in this Sweet 16. We shall discuss from a money perspective next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio Missoula. Dave Grohl's second best band? I'd say so. A little Nirvana for you here on your Monday. What's up, everybody? Ready to talk some money? I am. We're going to readdress this uh, with Justin Angle once he gets back around. He's out east, by the way, uh, on a little family vacation, visiting his folks. So hopefully he's having a good time. And uh, the business angle with Justin Angle will return um, when he's back around. I, uh, I hit him up today. I haven't heard back. Uh, he might be traveling, though, because he was gone pretty much all last week, too. So uh, we'll, we'll be happy to have our good buddy back in uh, when he comes back around. But let's take a look at spending, because I think that this is a, it's a continuation of a long rant of mine. Nuanas now ESPN Radio and uh, the ESPN MT app, by the way. Coulter Nuanas, thanks for hanging out with us. First of all, I, I know that it's just part of human nature. It's also just part of the, you know, the water cooler, the the bar stool conversations to profess things as, as you know, with, with with platitudes and hyperbole and greatness and all that. I heard a lot though, man. This tournament's been crazy. My bracket's totally busted. Well, to me, this tournament's actually not, has not been that crazy, uh, just because I thought that. There was a couple pretty definitive weaknesses for some of the top teams. I mean, for example, Kansas doesn't have a coach. Bill Self was unavailable for the two NCAA tournament games. Uh, Purdue has lost in the first round three out of the first weekend, excuse me, three out of the last four years. They have always been sort of a team that's built for the regular season. And in the regular season in the Big Ten, 
being the biggest, toughest, strongest team does help you win that conference. And then when if you get mat- matched up with weird matchups, like they did against Fairleigh Dickinson, you know, like they have in, in other previous games where they've gotten toppled, it's not that crazy that it's crazy that Purdue went down to Fairleigh Dickinson. That's crazy. But it's not that crazy to me that Purdue didn't make it out of the, the first weekend. And so then you, you start thinking, okay, well, part of the reason people are thinking that this is such a crazy tournament is because you got an eight seed in Arkansas. You got a seven seed in Michigan State. Uh, you got a nine seed in Florida Atlantic. You got a Mountain West team in San Diego State. You know, you got a, a six seed in Creighton. But none of those schools are mid-majors. None of those schools are even underdogs in the wide world of basketball. Most of those schools are, in fact, the biggest spenders in college basketball. So let's look at expenses, revenue, by team. Uh, I thought this was endlessly fascinating, so hopefully you do as well. I mean, wouldn't you say that probably the the teams that are the quote-unquote Cinderella's in this Sweet 16 are Michigan State as a seven seed, and Arkansas as an 8 seed, maybe Florida Atlantic as a 9 seed, and Princeton as a 15, certainly. Princeton is absolutely a, a Cinderella. Princeton is 262nd out of 345 Division I teams in overall basketball, men's basketball spending. $1.59 million is what Princeton spends on basketball. It's also exactly what they make on basketball. That was another fascinating and funny part of this analysis was Looking at expenses versus revenue. A lot of schools decide to report it as a break-even. A lot of schools are using this to make a little bit of money. A lot of schools are using this to make a lot of money. And some schools are leaving a lot of money out on the table because of the league and the level that they play in. To put Princeton's $1,579,073, that's what their total basketball expenses are. To put that in perspective, that's $400,000 less than Montana and $600,000 less than Montana State. So Princeton is about uh, 65, 70 spots below the Montana schools in terms of total expenses and total basketball revenue. So they're real, for sure, uh, Cinderella in this. Florida Atlantic, you could probably say as well. Florida Atlantic's 194th in spending. They spend about $2 million in basketball. Uh, they're only a couple spots ahead of Montana State in total basketball spending. And uh, they're making a little bit more money than Montana State is in terms of revenue. But Florida Atlantic is certainly as well. But then you look at these other 14 teams. And, I mean, you're talking about a lot of them, the who's who of, of college basketball lately, a lot of them the who's who of college basketball for a long time. A lot of these schools are also benefiting from football money as well. Um, but here's where all the, the – here, first of all, here's the top ten schools in terms of expenses uh, for men's basketball. Duke, number one, $19.5 million is what they spend on men's basketball. Well, that's to make – $34.4 million. so uh, they're turning quite a sizable profit, the Blue Devils are. Kentucky, the only other school that spends over $19 million, they're at $19.2 million. They do that to make $27 million. so Duke's making uh, $6.5 million more million a year on basketball, uh, despite having kind of similar budgets. Georgetown is third in total expenses at $17.7 million. Louisville is fourth at $17.1 million, but Louisville is the very top earning team in terms of revenue, they're making $43.4 million on men's basketball. So you're talking about a $27 million profit for Louisville. That's good business. TCU, I thought this was surprising. 
TCU is the fifth highest spending basketball team in the country, and they are the fifth highest by a lot. They're spending $1.9 million more than Syracuse, but they're losing money in men's basketball, only $12.8 million in revenue, so they're losing about $3 million a year at TCU. Syracuse is making 13.2, uh, excuse me, spending 13.2 and making 29 million. Indiana is spending 12.8 and making 24 million. And then Marquette rounds out the top 10. They're spending 11.8 and making 19.3. So there's certainly some sizable uh, revenue-producing produ- men's basketball teams. In terms of the Sweet 16, though, here's how it goes: Texas is sitting there at ninth. Uh, at 11.4 million is what they spend on basketball. Michigan State's 13th at 10.9 million. UCLA is 19th at 9.8 million. Arkansas is 21st, 9.7 million. Alabama's 23rd at 9.7 million. UConn is 26th at 9.5 million, but they're making 13.7, so they're making almost four million dollars a year uh, at UConn in men's basketball. Gonzaga. He's 37th in spending, so no more mid-major for the Zags. You're in the top 40. You are absolutely a high major. $8.8 million is what Gonzaga spends on men's basketball, but they're also turning almost a $4 million profit. Xavier is at 48th. They spent $7.8 million, so that's about a million less than Gonzaga. Uh, Xavier also, though, turning almost a $5 million profit. Creighton is 49th. Miami is 52nd. Kansas State's 55th. Tennessee's 62nd. San Diego State of the Mountain West, they're still in the top 80 at 79. They're spending $5.9 million in men's basketball, uh, and they're making about 6.5. so that's up. They're making a little money there at San Diego State. And then probably the best bargain in the business, Houston of the AAC. They're a number one seed. They're a Final Four favorite. They're a Final Four hopeful, and uh, they are 91st in total basketball spending, $4.75 million is what Houston spends. And then again, Florida Atlantic's 194th out of 343 teams, and Princeton 262nd out of 345 teams, or 343, excuse me. Uh, To put that in perspective for what we see here in Big Sky Conference country, Montana State, 196th in men's basketball spending. They spend $2,017,363. They bring in $1,883,577, so they're losing money. Montana, similar boat. $1,935,268 is what what they spend. $1,635,038 is what they uh, bring in. So losing money for Montana as well. By the way, all these statistics uh, compiled, this is circa... um, this is from a couple years ago. This is from 2020, uh, courtesy of Mid-Major Madness. So I wouldn't be surprised if these have uh, fluctuated a little bit. But it just puts it in a perspective that, I mean, I guess the broad premise of me rattling off all these numbers is just to put it in perspective that it is a pay-to-play game. Like when we determine that college sports is a business and then it's being run like a business, especially if you're trying to make money, um, a lot of these schools that are still playing – they're spending the money to be in the mix. And, and, and college basketball, men's college basketball particularly, uh, a huge amount of that expenditure is going to be the head coach's salary. And you see that with you know Tom Izzo at Michigan State and Mick Cronin at UCLA and Eric Musselman at Arkansas. You know, and on down the line, actually, Gonzaga is probably getting off with a better deal than just about anybody. I think Mark Few gets paid a little bit over a million dollars, which is a, certainly a, a healthy, sizable salary, but it's nowhere in comparison to these Power 5 coaches that are getting you know 
three, four, and sometimes upwards of seven, eight, nine million dollars. I mean, Andrew saw John Calipari there at the the Greensboro, North Carolina regional, and uh, I mean, Cal's making over nine mil. So, so certainly uh, some real deal expenses for coaches. And, and Mark Few into the Sweet Sixteen for the the uh, eighth year in a row at just over a million. That seems like uh, a pretty good uh, investment there. But, I mean, big-time coaches from Jerome Tang at Kansas State to uh, the Miller, whatever Miller ended up at Xavier, to, you know, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, and uh, Kelvin Sampson at Houston. So, I mean, big ticket, the big uh, expense for most of these teams is the money that they're spending on the coaches that can get them these tournament wins. So, you know, I, I just I don't want you to get too oversold on the the notion of all these Cinderellas and mid majors. Most of the teams that are left are top fifty spenders in men's college basketball, and uh, all but two of them are top ninety spenders in men's college basketball. As the old editor at the Kaima used to always say, "Follow the money trail. Uh, that's where your stories are going to reside." And uh, and I just do think it's fun to put it in perspective, but it's also important to put it in perspective because it shows you what it takes to get there. Here's how the Sweet 16 is broken down in terms of conferences. The Big East has three representatives, Creighton, UConn, and Xavier. The SEC, three representatives, Bama, which everybody expected, Arkansas, which pretty much no one expected, but maybe you haven't been paying attention because Eric Musselman uh, has brought his team on some pretty great runs, and that was a great effort uh, against Kansas as well. Ricky Coville showing up, uh, pretty impressive player. And Tennessee has kind of gotten stuck with that uh, fade early moniker, but they had a couple good wins, including uh, getting past Duke. The Big 12, which I thought was the best conference, just two representatives left after the Jayhawks were upset. Uh, Kansas State is in the Sweet 16, as is Texas. The Big 10, I told you to fade the Big 10. Uh, The Big 10 only has one representative left. That's Michigan State. I also told you to fade the ACC. Although I said stick with Duke and get rid of Miami, yeah, not the case. It's uh, Miami that's in the Sweet 16 and not Duke, so shame on me. That's what I get for uh, outwardly picking and then subsequently rooting for the Blue Devils. That's uh, that's the bitter taste I got to live with in my mouth, so <laughs> uh, shame on me, I guess. UCLA, the only Pac-12 team in the Sweet 16. Houston, the only one out of the American Conference. FAU, the only one out of Conference USA. Of course, Princeton, the only one out of the Ivy League. San Diego State of the Mountain West and Gonzaga of the WCC. So that's uh, what your Sweet 16 looks like going into uh, Thursday's round of games. And by the time this weekend is over, we'll have the Final Four. It's crazy how fast it goes. You get a game like every 30 minutes, all day Thursday, all day Friday. And then you get... One game after the other, but hardly any overlap. All day Saturday and Sunday. And then all of a sudden, it's just four games in the evening on Thursday and just four games in the evening on Friday. And then we got just two games each on Saturday and Sunday. And then, oh, my gosh, it went from 64 to 4, like, in the blink of an eye. But uh, it's been a fun tournament. It always is. I think there's a lot of reasons why that is. You know, I think that the officiating is objectively different in the NCAA tournament than anywhere else uh, in Division One men's college basketball. I think that's good because it lets the players determine and decide the games more. But I also think that it does hurt some teams that uh, can't adjust to the physicality. I also think that 
while these games are so close and they're so tense, and that's what makes it so fun is just watching young people rise to the occasion or watching the heartbreak if they can't. Men's Division I college basketball is in a weird spot because nobody can shoot. Like, the field right now is is shooting like 31%. It's what's giving teams like Princeton an ability to, to sort of get over the top. I mean, Xavier looked like a, a freaking machine yesterday because they were moving the ball and hitting open shots. Otherwise, it's just coming down to who's got big-time players that can make plays down the stretch, who can come up with big-time stops, who finishes games the best. And again, I love the excitement. I love how close the games are. I love the drama. I love the perseverance of the young people. But from a pure aesthetic basketball style, only about one out of four games is actually good. Like in terms of teams moving it well and shooting it well, there's a lot of turnovers. It's really sloppy. That's what makes it great. I mean, that that is part of what adds to the allure is the ups and downs that young men are, are going through. But... Um, I think those things go hand in hand, though. The fact that there's not a, a high level of skill, especially compared to if you if you watch the NBA frequently, like I do, in the NBA, every guy has to be an elite NBA level athlete, but they also have to be able to shoot, or they have to have some sort of elite skill if they can't shoot. But almost everybody in the league now is an elite shooter, so it's just very interesting to watch guys that do have elite athleticism and are far from elite shooters, and just the way that it affects. The spacing, the offensive execution, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but it's always fun uh, because the drama is so high, even if the shooting and the offensive execution isn't you know, what yours truly wants it to be. A couple final thoughts on uh, what we saw and heard out in Greensboro, North Carolina, and we'll get you set up for the rest of the week. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Hope you have a great start to your week. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're on to the weather on SWX. I don't know if the Grizz softball game went final or not. I was too busy ranting and railing and going through all my uh, my numbers budget-wise. But uh, we'll be back on the tube sooner than later. But either way, thanks for following along. 
whether you're listening on the radio or on the ESPN MD app, or if you're already uh, listening to this archive style on the Nuanas Now podcast, Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot Communications can help you and your small business. Also, the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold anytime you are on the Montana State campus. A uh, little in flux tomorrow, which is actually it's fun when we get some flexibility. So maybe we'll talk some pro golf. I've been watching Full Swing, the new Netflix series about all the golfers. It's really well done. It's really entertaining. I got the golf fever bad right now. It's been sunny for a couple days in a row here in western Montana, and uh, I'm itching. We also have our Treasure State Stars like we always do. We also have some free Tagliari for you. Tag's new location is open. They're in the Sawmill District at long last. They've been working on it hard, and uh, now it's there for you. So you can order to go from both now their location on uh, Higgins right there by the roundabout, Beckwith and Higgins, or from their location on Wyoming Street right there uh, in the Sawmill District. So go check out Tagliari Deli. We'll have free tag for you tomorrow. Uh, Maybe we'll talk some NBA tomorrow, too. The regular season coming down uh, to the wire. Still seems pretty wide open. Andrew's really into this. Um, It's going to become a point of no return for both the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's so funny that both of them are still remain top 10 uh, betting odds for futures bets to win the NBA title, even though they're both sitting there like scrapping and clawing to even get in the playoffs. So uh, maybe we'll talk some NBA tomorrow uh, as well. Last couple of things, though, for you here today. Uh, Andrew, you got to chance. We didn't really talk about the games that you got to see. So the, the two teams that emerged from Greensboro that are headed to the Sweet 16, Xavier and Kansas State, I think that uh, they looked as good as anybody I saw in the tournament this week. Uh, what do you think of those two squads uh, moving on to the Sweet 16? Well, did you watch Xavier against Kennesaw State? Because they damn sure didn't look good in that game the until Kennesaw the final Kennesaw State was very minutes. impressive, man. Like, Kennesaw State has some great athletes. Kennesaw State's such a great litmus test for me. Like, when I watch Kennesaw State, I ask myself, why not Montana or Montana State? Why does the Big Sky Champion ever look like that in the tournament? Well, I think, you know, this year, I think Montana State and Kennesaw State were pretty much on the same level, right? I know Kennesaw... Yeah, but, like, Kansas State was never panicking, even though Montana State did give them a ver- a really good battle. Xavier was, like, in meltdown mode, and there's, like... For a for, long time, For yeah. a minute, and, like, and everybody's phone's blowing up. You watching, Xavier? You know, like, upset alert, says the March Madness app. You know, I didn't get any upset alerts for Montana State on the March Madness app. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Coulter, is, and we can talk about this maybe a little bit more at some later point, I just... Everybody on Kennesaw State's team could hang on the floor in that game, yeah. right? Yeah. Every single one of their players was, you know... Maybe they weren't great players, but they weren't afraid of the moment, and they weren't being—Xavier couldn't target them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, And for Montana State, I thought that there were were some lapses. I mean, we talked— There's several players that they have to play that that can't hang on the court. They had more guys than usual that could hang on the court, but they had several guys where Kansas State could just go attack that guy. And I honestly thought we saw the same thing in the Sac State women's game, too. I know Kalaja Dean didn't have a great game, but she was taking— UCLA's guards off the dribble every time, right? For she's, sure. She's getting by them and getting into the lane. It's just that they had a couple weak spots on the court that UCLA could attack every time. Yeah, for sure. We'll uh, have a little bit more commentary on the women's uh, tournament tomorrow, uh, including a couple good stories with Montana ties. Uh, University of Utah, where Jordan Sullivan coaches, they're moving on. And uh, Sophia Stiles, who used to play for Lady Grizz and now playing at Florida Gulf Coast, they sprung an upset 
uh, as a 12 seed, and so they moved on as well. I haven't seen what they did in their second game. I believe they're playing today. They I don't know today, if they've right. played yet, but their women's tournament goes through to Monday, so they're playing today. Right, they didn't start till Friday. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, cool for those young ladies, too, so we'll probably uh, hash that out a little bit more. But I do want to get Andrew's thoughts further on why Kennesaw State, why not Montana State, why not Eastern Washington? I mean, and again, the Cats played well. They, they certainly deserved to have their heads held high. It was a significant improvement in year number two. Uh, they certainly had guys that were making big shots, and, and Kansas State needed to, to finish the game, to finish off the Cats. So uh, we'll continue to discuss that. Any last thoughts, though, here for today? One update for you. I, I looked it up because I always do this stuff. Sophia Styles in Florida Gulf Coast right now down 39-33 okay. at halftime to Maddie Segrist in Villanova. Two points, one assist Okay, for Sophia Styles. Okay. Cool. Well, I uh, always love the, the Montana athletes doing great. She's from Malta, former two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. I know a fan favorite here in Missoula. So uh, we'll give you a full update of what's going down in the big dance. We do have a couple of Montanans still dancing. Uh, but now, after a uh, long but fun basketball season, basketball otherwise is in the books around the state of Montana. Nobody left playing. Got a couple of Montanans still playing, but no teams remain playing. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Further uh, elaboration on some of these discussions and uh, our Treasure State Stars as well. Keep it right here. Uh, I guess uh, no, keep it here, but uh, we'll see you tomorrow for Nuanas Now, uh, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.